0: Surat al-Shura, Surat al-Shura, not Shu'ara'. Okay? Many people, they confuse the two names. Ashu'ara' poets. Alhamdulillah, we've studied that surah already. This is Ashu'ra'. What does Shu'ra' mean? Consultation. Mutual consultation. Surat al-Shura is a Makki surah and it belongs to the group of the Hawa'meem surahs that begin with the huruf مقطعات Hamim. And the main theme of حَوَامِيم is da'wah إِلَى اللَّهِ Calling people to Allah. And in Surah Fussilat, we learned that the best speech is of the one who calls to Allah. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دعا إِلَى اللَّهِ And when a person does that, he calls people to Allah, then he faces various forms of hardship. Of them is loneliness. And we learned that إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ استَقَامُوا Then such people are not lonely. Right? When a person has istiqama, when a person tries to be firm, then Allah gives him firmness. And Allah replaces what the servant lost with what is much better. Dawa إِلَى اللَّهِ Calling people to Allah also brings differences. You know, differences between people, that is also a form of hardship. That when people cannot agree upon one matter. And this happens amongst people who are working together. So we see for example in the time of the Prophet ﷺ at one occasion when the Prophet ﷺ asked the people that an army is coming to fight us. How do we defend ourselves from the city or should we go outside? A group of the Muslims said we should stay here and just defend the city and the other said that no, we should go outside. And this is the battle of Uhud. Right? So differences happen amongst the people who are working together and these differences you come across when you do call them to Allah you say one thing and they say something else you say God is one they say no God has a child for example right so this surah guides us as to what we should do in times of such differences you know when people have different beliefs different religions different opinions different ideas how should you deal with those differences so how to solve those differences and then how to deal with those differences meaning how one should agree to disagree, what is the etiquette and then with all the differences that exist between people, what are those firm truths that we cannot change that are eternal, what are those eternal truths that we have to live by no matter how much people differ concerning them so let's begin the surah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Hameem, عَيْن سِين قَاف حُروف paqattu'at. Kadalika, thus. Likewise. Yuhi ilayka. He inspires to you. He has revealed to you. You as in, O Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kadalika. Kadalika, like that. Like how? It's not mentioned over here, but it's understood. That just as Allah revealed to previous Prophets, and He revealed to them books containing messages of Tawheed, of resurrection, of hereafter, thus has Allah revealed to you, wa الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ and to those before you, meaning the Prophets who came before you. And who is it that has revealed this message? Al-Aziz, the Exalted in Might. Al-Hakim, the Most Wise. Allah is the one who has revealed this Qur'an to you and Allah is the one who revealed Scriptures to the Prophets before you also. Containing the same message, the same eternal truths. And who is Allah? He is al Aziz Al hakim the exalted in might before whom everyone is powerless and Al-Hakim, the one who decrees with perfection. And the one in whose decisions is perfection. Meaning his decisions are most perfect, most wise. For he places everything where it belongs as it should be. What do we learn in this ayah? That revelation is not something that began with Muhammad Wasallam. Wahi is not something new. It was sent to the previous prophets also. In Surah An-Nisa, ayah 163, we learn, "Inna كَمَا أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ نُوحٍ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ مِنْ We have sent revelation to you just as we sent revelation to Nuh and the prophets that came after him. And the one who has revealed it is the one who is with Izzah, meaning the Lord of all might, the one who is deserving of all honor, and the one who does things with Hikmah. So no objection or criticism at the words of Allah, Holds any ground. Because the Quran is from who? Al-Aziz al-Hakim. People can deny all they want, object all they want, criticize all they want, but all that criticism has no basis. It has no ground. Because the Quran is from Al-Aziz al-Hakim. Who is he? Lahu. To him, meaning to him belongs. Ma fi samawati wa ma fi ard Whatever that is in the skies and whatever that is in the earth. The owner of all. Wahua And He is Al-Ali, the Most High, Al-Azim, the Most Great. He is the Most High in His position, in His status. He is above all creation. And He is Al-Azim, the Most Great. So none is greater than Him. He is the greatest. Just as it is said, Samawati wal His Kursi, it encompasses the skies and the earth. And we learn that Allah's arsh is above the creation. So this book is from Him. So trust His words. Trust His orders. In Surah jathiyah ayah 37, Allah says, Fis Samawati wal To Him belongs all greatness. Where? In the skies and in the earth. al-azizul-hakim. He is the mighty, the most wise. How great is Allah? So great He is that تَكَادُ Takadu, it is near. It would almost be that as the skies, the skies almost yatafattarna. They would break asunder. The skies would almost break asunder. Yatafattarna min from above them the word yatafattarna is from tafatur, fa and fatara it means to break something all right to split or to tear it apart right Faṭir from the same root is creation creator fatir al samawati wal the creator of the heavens and the earth likewise you see the word fatara it gives a meaning of breaking splitting okay from the same root is breaking your fast also iftar right iftar breaking your fast okay so faṭara to to break to split to tear apart it gives that meaning but the form tafaṭṭara from which is yatafaṭṭarna tafaṭṭur as opposed to faṭara tafaṭṭur denotes frequency it denotes repetition muchness all right and application to many subjects so yatafaṭṭarna min fawqihinna these skies, because there isn't just one sky, seven, all of them are, would almost shatter, split, they would almost break over and over again, one after the other. fauqi فوقهن from above them. Hinna meaning the skies, from above the skies, meaning from above one another. Each sky torn because of the one above it. Meaning they're breaking, they're shattering, beginning from above, from the highest sky all the way down. Why? Because of what is above them. And that is the throne of Allah. The closer they are to Allah, the more afraid the skies are. And out of that fear, they would just break apart. Starting from the highest, من فوقهن, to the lowest. This is similar to how when Allah cast His light, just a little bit of it, on the mountain at Musa A.S.'s request, what happened to the mountain? What happened to it? It shattered. It shattered. So the sky is are in so much awe of Allah that they would almost rupture. They would almost break apart, one after the other. And I want you to think about just the sky that is above us, how massive it is, and what all is contained within it. And we know that within the space, even though there isn't anything you know, physical that we see holding all the planets and the stars together, we know that there's lots of forces up there that is keeping everything in its place, right? That is keeping everything on its orbit so that one would not collide with the other, one would not crash into the other. And if it wasn't for this, you know, forces that Allah has created, what would happen to the skies? What would happen to everything that is within the sky? It would be a disaster. They would cease to exist. So imagine how massive the sky is that we see, and this is the lowest sky, the lowest heaven. In fact, scholars say that all of the space that we know of, right, that all is Sama'a-Dunya. So the space as we know it, with all of its vastness and magnitude, the light years that we cannot even comprehend, you know, it takes a few minutes to comprehend how big a light year is and what that means. Light year is actually distance. And how many thousands and billions of light years it would take for us to travel from Earth to a certain point in this universe. So this entire universe that we know of, that we have discovered, or that we think is out there, this is all just the first sky. Sama Adunya. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you want, if you can, then try to escape the sky, but you will never be able to. So our maximum reach is within what? The sama'ad-dunya. And above it are six more. And what is up there? Only Allah knows. But all of them would just shatter. Why? Out of fear of Allah. Also, they would shatter because of the sins of mankind in surah maryam ayah 90 we learn that takadu as-samawati yatafattarnu minhu wa tanshaq al-ard wa al-jibalu hadda an da'u lir-rahmani walada that when people say god has a son this statement is so serious that the skies would almost rupture because of that. They would almost break apart because of that. What would happen to the earth then? And what would happen to the mountains then? Because of the sins of mankind, this would happen. That the s s-samawātu min Wal-malaikatu, and the angels, what are they doing? Yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbihim. They are constantly engaged in the tasbih of their Lord, and that tasbih, that glorification is bihamd. It is with praise. So they say, subhanallahi wa bihamdihi And it's various forms, which is, you could say, the sustenance of the angels. That is how they live. They glorify and praise Allah. Because at one point, the Prophet alaihi was asked about a certain time when the believers will be in extreme difficulty, that how will they survive? And he said, with the same that the angels survive of. Meaning if they are trapped, if the believers are trapped, where are they going to eat from? What are they going to eat? How will they live? And the Prophet ﷺ said, the same sustenance that the angels have. And that is the dhikr of Allah. That is tasbih, that is hamd. So wal malāikatu yusabbiḥuna bihamdi rabbihim. Just as we spend our time eating, or making money so that we can buy food. I mean think about it. Our entire life is about what? feeding ourselves isn't it we go to school so that we can go to university we can get a particular degree and a certification so that we can get a particular job so that we can have enough money so that we can so that we can eat right and yes it's not just food but also other needs but if you think about it in a month right besides your rent right your accommodation where does the bulk of your money go food? Isn't it? Mainly it's the food. So just as we spend our lives chasing food, preparing food and eating it, the angels, what do they do? Tasbih. That is what they live for. وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ Constantly engaged in the glorification of Allah. Why? Because Allah is most worthy of it. That even if a person would spend his entire life in the worship of Allah, he would know that that this is not enough. On the day of judgment, when the scales will be set up in order to weigh the deeds of mankind, such huge scales on which even the skies and the earth could be placed, the angels will ask that, oh Allah, what will be weighed in these scales? Meaning, these are so huge. What will be weighed in these scales? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that whatever I wish. And the angels will say, Subhanaka ma'abadnaaka haqqa ibadatika. All glory be to you. We have not worshipped you the way you deserve to be worshipped. Wal malaikatu yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbihim. The angels existed before Adam alayhi salam was created. Isn't it so? Imagine from that time until the end constantly worshiping glorifying Allah and on the day of judgment they will say we haven't done enough because Allah is worthy of even more and better wa and the angels beg for forgiveness for who liman for the one who meaning for those who are fil ardi in the earth the angels ask Allah, O oh Allah, forgive those who are on earth, meaning people. Even though the angels are not our relatives. They're not related to us. In the sense that they're not our cousins or our grandparents or somehow somehow that they will benefit from us. No. يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Why? Because man has the ability to disobey Allah. And when man disobeys Allah, it's as if the angels, they cannot tolerate it. They see, they know how wrong it is. Because Allah is Al-Ali, Al-Azim, the Most High, the Most Great, Al-Aziz, Al-Hakim. And here is this little person daring to disobey Allah. It's just not correct. And so the angels are overcome with fear and they start seeking forgiveness for those upon earth, specifically the believers because they recognize the greatness of Allah they seek forgiveness for those who have done wrong like we learn in the Quran that the angels say faghfir lil ladina tabu wittabi'u sabilak waqihim 'adhab al jahim so they ask forgiveness for who are on earth ala unquestionably in Allah, indeed Allah Hu Al Rahim, He is the most forgiving and the most merciful. Meaning the skies would almost nearly rupture. This whole universe would be destroyed. And yes, the angels are constantly glorifying and praising Allah and they're seeking forgiveness for those who sin. But you know why the sky does not rupture? Why? Because Allah is Rafur Rahim. Because Allah is forgiving and merciful. If our sins are listed, if our transgressions are enumerated, this earth would be ruined. Meaning if we were to go for justice, yes, this earth would be ruined. Because we are not deserving of life, if you think about it. What have we done to earn it? To be worthy of it? To say that yes, we deserve it. Compare the blessings we enjoy with the sins that we commit. Do we deserve any of these blessings? No. Not at all. So, how is it that man is not just surviving but thriving in this world? How and why? Because Allah in Allah Hu al Rahim. It is Allah who is forgiving and merciful. It is ultimately because of His forgiveness and mercy that man is surviving. Walladina and those who اتخذوا, they have taken min dunihi besides Him. أولياء. protectors, plural of the word wali, people who have taken the creation as awliya Instead of taking Allah as their wali, they take others as their awliya. And when they take them as their awliya, what do they do? They worship them. They seek their closeness and their approval. Whatever dua they ask them, Allah says, Allahu hafizun alayhim. It is actually Allah who is hafiz, who is protector alayhim on them, over them. What does this mean? Firstly, this means that he is hafil over them, meaning he is keeping count of their deeds. He knows exactly what they are doing. They are made by him, living on the earth that he has created, enjoying the blessings that he has given, and then they associate partners with Allah. These people are not hidden from Allah. He knows what they are doing. He is watching them. He's watching them. He's keeping count of their deeds. And this is a threat. Allahu hafizun alayhim. Secondly, what this means is that Allahu hafizun alayhim, meaning even though they worship others besides Allah, who is really protecting them? Who is it? It is actually Allah. Allah is their real protector. And notice the words over here. They have taken awliya. And Allah is their hafil, because who is wali? Wali is someone who offers protection and support, and who is hafil, one who really guards and protects. Right? So they associate partners with Allah, but who is actually protecting them and providing them and guarding them? Who? It is Allah, because even though they worship others, whose servants are they really? Allah's servants. Who is their real master? It is Allah. وَمَا أَنْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِوَكِيلٍ And you, O Prophet وسلم, are not at all over these people a manager. Meaning your duty is to deliver. إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ نَذِيرُ وَاللَّهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَكِيلٍ Surah Hud, Ayah 12. Your job is to convey, and then Allah will deal with them. We see that sometimes a person commits an act of shirk. right? Like for example, they need something, they go to a grave, and they ask the person in the grave, please provide me with this and this. And they get it. They get it. And you'll come across people who will say, "I got this child because I went to that grave, or I did this," and you're like, "I thought that was shirk, right?" Or you hear stories of people worshiping someone other than Allah, and then they have all these beautiful stories of prayer and faith, and you know their prayers being answered, and they are finding so much joy in their lives and peace in their lives you wonder what's going on. If they're doing shirk, how come their shirk is working? Their shirk is not working. The thing is that even though they associate partners with Allah, Allah is still their Lord. He is still their Malik, their Razik. So He still provides them with what they ask for and also what they don't ask for. So in reality, it is Allah who is alayhim. Allah is a guardian over them. In Surah Hud Ayah 6, we learn, وَمَا مِنْ دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا There is no creature on the earth except that its risk is on who? Allah. Allah provides it. From the ant to the disbelieving mushrik even. Allah provides everybody. And what does this tell us about Allah? What does this tell us about Allah? Huh? His mercy. His hilm. His tolerance. You know, have you heard stories of parents kicking their children out of their houses? Right? Or saying that, leave this house. You've got nothing to do with this anymore. We don't want you in this. Don't you dare step inside this house again because you have disobeyed me. You didn't go into the program that I wanted you to go into, so therefore, I don't know you anymore. It's like a threat. Right? And the son says, okay mom, I'll leave my girlfriend. You know, I don't have a place to go to so I'll just stay here. Or I will go to that program. This is how people are. Somebody doesn't listen to us, we abuse our power. And we say, we'll deprive you of everything until you listen to me. Until you accept me as your boss. And if you don't do that, then you see what I deprive you of. Allah is hafidh even over those who don't acknowledge His existence, who worship others besides Allah. And we know that shirk is a very serious offense. Very serious offense. Allah does not like it at all. But still Allah provides to the mushrikeen. Allahu hafidhun alayhim. In Surah Huday 57 we learn, Inna Rabbi kulli in Indeed, my Lord is over all things a guardian. anta You, O Prophet, your job is to convey. You're not a manager over these people to make sure they don't do shirk. No. Your job is to convey and then leave their matter to Allah. You see, anything that is worshipped besides Allah a person views it as wali. Right? That this is my friend, this is my protector. This will help me. But in reality, is it wali? No, it's actually adu. It's enemy. In Surah Kahf, 50, Allah says, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ تَسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ Shaytan is mentioned. أَفَتَتَّخِذُونَهُ وَذُرِّيَّتَهُ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِنْ دُونِي وَهُمْ لَكُمْ Adu Do you take shaitan as your friend, whereas in reality he is your enemy? What are you doing? Because anyone who takes you away from Allah is not actually a friend. What are they in reality? An enemy. So they view them as friends, but in reality they are enemies. And who is really taking care of them? It is Allah. And thus, We have revealed to you قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا An Arabic Qur'an. O Prophet we've given you an Arabic Qur'an, meaning Qur'an that is in the Arabic language. And this is why a translation can never be Qur'an. You understand? A translation can never be Qur'an. Because Qur'an is what? It's the kalam of Allah. It's the speech of Allah. And it is Arabic. And translation is not even a translation in reality. It is just interpretation of the meaning of the Qur'an in a different language. Because the Qur'an, it's not possible to translate it. You can convey its meaning in a different language, but you cannot translate it. Because the words of the Qur'an don't just convey or don't just contain messages, all right? but it's the words of the Qur'an which are also a miracle of the Quran. So for example, as Ruqya, you can recite the Mu'awwidat, right? You read them, right? For the purpose of protection. And you have to read those words. You can't just say the English. You say Ayatul Kursi, not the Urdu of it, okay? Or not another language of it. You have to read the words of the Quran, because Quran is Arabic. So, وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا We have revealed to you an Arabic Qur'an, clear, eloquent, so that people may understand. لِتُنْزِرَ So that you may warn Ummal Qura, The mother of all cities. Mother of all cities. Which city is that? The city of? Mecca. And why is it called al Qurra? Qura plural of the word Qaria. Qaria is a place where a population lives, big or small, okay. It's from Qara. Qara is to gather together, assemble, right? So Qarya is, you know, a city, right, where people are living. And Umm al-Qura, the mother of all cities, Makkah. Why is Makkah the mother of all cities? Because it is central. Not just geographically, but even otherwise. If you think about it, in Arabia, at the time of the Prophet صلى people would come from everywhere all the way to Makkah. Right? This is similar to how if a mother has five children, it's possible that those five kids hardly communicate with each other because one is in one country, the other is in another country. But then, they're always communicating with who? The mom, the mother. Right? She's connected with everybody. So, أُمَّ الْقُرَى Makkah وَمَنْ حَوْلَهَا And also those who are around it. Those who are around the city of Makkah. And this circle, you know, it just grows wider and wider, bigger and bigger, until it covers the entire world. The warning of the Quran, the message of the Quran is for who? Just the people of Mecca? No. Not just the Meccans, but all people of Arabia. Not just people of Arabia, but all of that continent. And not just that continent, but the entire world. As we learn, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ We have sent you to all of mankind, watunzira. So the message of the Quran is for everybody. Why? What is the message? That tunzira, you warn, meaning people about Yom Al Jamri, the day of assembly. What is that day of gathering? The day of assembly, the day of Jamr. La There is no doubt in it. Meaning it's certainly coming. It is definitely coming. It's unavoidable. And what is the day of judgment? The day of gathering. Meaning when everyone shall be present. There are many gatherings where people are required to come. But do they all show up? No. Don't you see those important meetings on TV? And half the seats are empty? right? Or somebody's name is there but the person is not there? It happens. For different reasons, all people are not able to make it to a certain meeting. One person, two people, three, they're missing. They're not able to make it. But the day of judgment is the day of assembly. It's the greatest gathering where all creation will be present without exception. La raiba fihi and have no doubt about the coming of this day. It's definitely gonna happen. And on this day what's gonna happen? Fariqun fil jannah. A group in Jannah, and another group in the blaze. That is the day when all people will be assembled, and then they'll be permanently divided, permanently separated. So the responsibility of the Messenger and his people is to warn people of that day. When we shall all gather before our Lord. In Surah Waqi'ah, Ayah 49, Allah says, قُلْ awwalin wal وَالْآخِرِينَ Say indeed the first ones, meaning the first generations, and the later generations. لَمَجْمُعُونَ All will be gathered. In Surah At-Taghabun, Ayah 9, يَوْمَ يَجْمَّعُكُمْ al الْجَمْرِ The day when He will gather you for the day of assembly. In Surah Mursalat, Ayah 38, هَذَا يَوْمُ الْفَصْلِ جَمَعْنَاكُمْ وَالْأَوَّلِينَ This is the day of decision when we've gathered you and the first people. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 47, Allah says, وَحَشَرْنَاهُمْ فَلَمْ نُغَادِرْ مِنْهُمْ أَحَدًا We will gather all of them and we will not leave out even a single person. This is the day when every person will be present. So then, This is a day about which every person should be warned. Every person should be informed. It's injustice, it's unfair that a person is not told about the Day of Judgment. Whether they believe or they disbelieve, whether they prepare or they don't prepare, that's their responsibility. But as we see that in this ayah, the Prophet's responsibility is to warn. And after the Prophet, it's the responsibility of his nation... To inform others. And if we don't tell people about this, this is politeness? Because sometimes we don't tell people about these things because we're being too polite, we're being too nice. Is this real niceness? No. This is one. it's injustice. We see in this ayah, Allah says at the beginning that we revealed an Arabic Qur'an. Why? So that people can understand the warning. The warning, the message is to be done in a language that people can understand. Allah sent messengers who spoke the language of the people. Right? And then He sent scripture also that was in the same language that they spoke, so that the people could understand the message. So what is necessary then? That this book must be conveyed to people in a language that they can understand. The message of the Qur'an must be delivered to people in a language in an expression that they can understand. They should not be deprived of it just because they cannot understand the Arabic. The message of the Qur'an should be made accessible to people. And there's two ways to that. Either you teach everybody Arabic, which is not going to be possible, or you convey the message of the Qur'an to people, which is possible, and it's easy, and it must be done. But we just got lost in learning Arabic and mastering the Arabic language, which was our goal like 10 years ago and it still is our goal and perhaps it will be even later. And we forget that learning Arabic is not a goal. It's a means. A means to understand the Qur'an. And if we're lost in the Arabic and the grammar, and we don't reach the Qur'an, then we've missed the point. Because so many people So many people, they forget about why they're learning Arabic. To understand the Quran. Why understand the Quran? Why? Just as a mental exercise? If that is the case, then go study something else. Right? Why? Why are we learning the Quran? To understand its message. To change our lives. To improve our lives. And if we're not doing that, then all of this studying Arabic and grammar and all of that is useless. It's pointless. Because if a means is not taking you to a goal, then that means was a waste of time. It was a waste of energy. Wal riyadu billah. Walaw And if Allah wanted, lajalahum. Surely He could have made them ummatan wahidah, one nation. Meaning if Allah wanted, He could have made all of mankind upon one religion. How? That just as the skies and the trees and the birds, they have one religion. And what is that? Our Lord is Allah, and we do what He has decreed for us, what He has ordered us to do. Right? The same way, people could have been given one religion. In other words, they could have been deprived of free will, if Allah wanted. Isn't that possible? Is that possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It is. If Allah wanted, He could have done that. That people would be living on this planet without any choice. Just like the trees and the birds, they just do what they're supposed to. Walakin, but He has given this choice to people, so that Yudhichilu He may admit, Mayyasha, whoever He wants, whoever Allah wants, fi rahmatihi, into His mercy. By giving people free will, what has He done? He has allowed people to make that choice of entering into Allah's mercy. You see, it's like there's a beautiful, beautiful palace. Alright? And you have the option of going in. Everybody has the option of going in. But we know that everybody will not go in. Some people will go and some people will choose to stay outside. Those who go in, they're good fortune. And those who refuse and stay outside, their loss. You understand? So likewise, Allah has given this choice to people so that some, because of of their effort, because of their sincerity, with their striving, they are admitted into Allah's mercy. And what is Allah's mercy here? It's referring to deen, it's referring to iman, it's referring to jannah, وَالظَّالِمُونَ and the wrongdoers, meaning those who refuse to come into Allah's mercy. مَا they shall not have Minwaliin any friend, wala nasir, nor any helper. No one can protect them and no one can help them. Because if you don't enter that palace, you're in danger zone. And when you're in danger zone, there's no one who's gonna come and protect you. No one who's gonna come and help you. Malahum Minwaliin وَلَا نَصِيرُ Allah says, أَمِتَّخَذُوا Or have they taken. مِن دُونِهِ Besides Him, meaning besides Allah. awliya Protectors, what are they doing? They are taking allies besides Allah, seeking their help, seeking their protection, seeking their approval. The reality is that Fallahu, So Allah, al Wali, He is the real protector, the real wali. وَهُوَ يُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى and he is the one who gives life to the dead ones plural of the word mayit and he is over all things competent so the true protector is who allah and if a person does not an analogy that i gave you if a person does not enter that palace then where is he in danger if he thinks that somebody else is going to come and rescue him and protect him he's Deceiving himself, he's harming himself. So the fact is that Allah is the one who is the Wali. What's the proof of that? Huwa yuhi al He gives life to the dead. Wahuwa ala kulli shay'in qadir, and He is over all things competent. So what is the first eternal truth that we learn from these verses? What is that? Who is the real Wali? Who is the one deserving of worship always? Allah. Even if people take others as their awliya, still, who is the real wali? Allah is. So what do we learn from this? That even if all people or if majority of people, if many people choose to stay outside that palace, please don't stay with them. Do what is right, not what is common. Do what is right, not what everybody is doing. Because the truth is that Allah is the real wali, the real hafeel. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim We are the ones who are the ones who are the في السماوات وما في الأرض وهو العلي العظيم تكاد السماوات يتفطرن من والمَلائِكَةُ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ أَلَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِنْ دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ Allah حفيظ عليهم وما who is عليهم بوكيل، وكذلك أوحينا إليك قرآنا عربيا لتنذر أم القرى ومن حولها. Literally, the first ومن حولها saw يوم الجمع لا ريب فيه فريق في الجنة وفريق في السعير. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَجَعَلَهُمْ أُمَّةً وَاحِدَةً وَلَكِنْ يُدْخِلُ مَن يَشَاءُ فِي رَحْمَتِهِ وَالظَّالِمُونَ مَا لَهُم مِّن وَلِيٍّ وَلَا نَصِيرٍ الَّذِينَ تَخَذُذُ مِنْ دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ فَاللَّهُ هُوَ الْوَلِيُّ وَهُوَ يُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ
0: قَدِير